Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. It's Elisa here with... Uh, I'm Pam. <laughs> <laughs> we reversed so... the now I'm the, And now I'm in the background. I'm Pam. I kind of threw you I, off I a little bit there, didn't I? I know. Last time you said Pam, and then I was like, okay, now's my time to say hi. I know. I, I like to keep things, know. Uh, you know... You always keep me on my toes, Lisa. I do, for sure. Okay, so what's this topic this week? What are we Today about? we so are excited. talking about throwing Ugh. bowls and plates. Yep. And so we did another podcast about when to introduce utensils to them. And we figured a really good follow-up post would be what to do when they start throwing said utensils on the ground <laughs> or plates or bowls or food. Yes, because this does happen. Like, this is definitely something that I expect from every little one. And this is kind of like all the way through childhood. We're going to have some sort of variation of this, right? But our little, little guys, so I'm saying like about six to 12-ish months when they're um, experimenting and exploring with utensils and cups and that kind of stuff, they're also really into uh, that cause and effect, what you do what I do and then how you respond. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah. they're testing limits. They're trying to see where those boundaries are. What am I allowed to do? Let's see how many times if I drop this cup six times, will she pick it up six times? Ooh, that was cool? a funny face they made. Okay. I'm going to oh. do it again. Cause that was fun. Did you see how quickly they came to me? Oh my goodness. Um, okay. Let's, we're going to do this again. I didn't understand. I didn't realize that this was an option. So, so really understanding that that's our biggest piece, right? Is how they are learning. They're watching what you're doing. They're watching your response. And that's how they're learning. This tip might, yep. it might feel like they're doing it to um, make your life miserable. But <laughs> really, this is just very age appropriate development. And it's all about that cause and effect. Yes. So, so we have some tips for like our utensils and cups and then for plates and bowls. Um, but all in all, we want to we want to always keep your child's temperament in mind, right? Um, and I've said this before, I have four children. I base my parenting on their temperaments, what's going to work best for them. And that's not always the, what works for A does not always work for B. Um, so know your child's temperament. So, and, and bear in mind that these are our general tips, right? If you're really struggling, for sure, reach out to us, wrestleparenting.com. We can offer specific strategies, but general tips for cups and spoons. What is it, Elisa? Yeah, and I just want to say really quickly that what Pam means by she bases her parenting is she still has those core values for oh, every one of her children. She's consistent with those limits and those boundaries for every one of her children, but you might tweak things here and there because you've got one child who um, 
you tell them not to do something one time and they take that and they're okay with it and they just don't do it again or (laughs) they do it, you know, very infrequently. And then you have the child who you tell them not to do something and they look you right in the eyes (laughs) with a smirk and a twinkle in their eye and they just do it anyways, right? And they learn this very young. So when we're dealing with those utensils and dropping that and all that stuff that's where we want to really take our child's temperament and keep that in mind as we're going along in this process Mm -hmm. so cups and spoons if a little one throws their cup um that typically so that can mean a couple of things that can mean they're done right like okay i've had a couple of sips i'm done um if you're starting to introduce the cup uh, or or a sippy cup or um, transitioning from you know milk or trying to get them into water that kind of stuff that can be an easy like oh yeah no I don't like this drop it mm, yeah, yeah no I don't want to I don't want this thing so that I'm- milk is in a sippy cup I yeah. want it in the breast or the bottle thank yes. you very much nope <laughs> not taking that so so <laughs> that is an expectation that they are going to do that and you can absolutely be sitting in front of them uh reach over and try and grab that um so you can stop them and you can, and you can say oh no thank you no throwing you can say all done and that's where we throw in our all done sign um for all done so you're using the word and showing them the sign and then you can offer it again do you, do you want some more and they'll either and you're watching their cue so they'll either turn their head or they'll push it away if they don't want it um, sometimes I would give them a few minutes, right? I would put the cup on the table and then they would continue eating. And then I would offer it again. Then would you like another sip? If they said no, uh, pushed it away or whatever, then I didn't push it. Um, if they took it and started drinking and just left it there. Great. Um, if they took it and then just threw it again, then we're really all done. I'm not offering it to you again. Yeah. Because that's when it's becoming a game. Yes. It's, it doesn't take much for it to become a game. Right. So look what I did. I threw it down and she picked it up. I threw it down and he picked it up. This is amazing. I threw it down. They picked it up again. Wow. It really quickly will turn into a game. And Lisa mentioned that little twinkle in the eye. You'll see that when it turns into a game. Oh, you sure will. (laughs) It's there. And it's very pronounced for some children. It really is. So one of the things when you are putting it on the counter or something, it does. I know we're saying follow their cues and you probably just, you know, maybe you just don't know how to start with that. But once you are really focusing on paying attention to those little cues that they're giving you, it becomes easier and easier as you go along. So if you've, if they've thrown the cup and, or their bowl or whatever, and you put it up on the counter and you say, Oh, are you all done? And then you put it on the counter and they start to, they're looking at it, they're reaching for it, they're squawking. You know, that's when you can leave it there for a few seconds or a minute, like Pam said, just to give them a little bit of that space. And then you can say, would you like more? You know, and then pass it back to them because that's Mm -hmm. probably a cue that they actually didn't really like that response of you putting it away. That's not what they were going for. They, they do want it. <laughs> they weren't going for that response and they do want it back. Right. So yes. at that point, that's a pretty solid cue that, okay, maybe they did actually want it and give them that extra, give them a benefit of the doubt, give them the extra chance to, you know, then 
have those sips after you give it back to them, giving them the words the whole time, like, oh, yes. you want more. Yes. And then you can remind them it stays on your tray and you can just point to their tray and stay it's and, and, you know, remain that it stays on your tray. And then if they take it again and they have sips out of it, then, okay, great. At that point, if they throw it, like Pam said, then it's, that's a pretty good indication at that point in time by following their cues that they're done. Yeah, absolutely. Usually when you're introducing those foods and they start to throw the food on the floor rather than eating it, that normally happens at the end of the meal when they're, when they are all done, when mm -hmm. they've had enough. They've lost um, interest. They're full. They don't have, maybe they don't have the sign, the language to be able to say I'm all done. So it's just a, I'm just going to sweep my tray onto the ground. Yeah. Or bowl. And then, <laughs> so if it's at the end of the meal, then you're pretty sure at this point that they've just had enough. Again, you can, you can say, are you all done? And then put it up on the counter. And if they're reaching for it again, give them one last try to have it. But they've eaten what they need to eat at that point. So you can be pretty sure that it's likely that they're just done. And give them those words, like we said before, and maybe give them a little bowl that they can put it into when they're all done so that they mm -hmm. learn to have that space to put their foods when they're all done. Yeah. And that typically like that 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 months, they really like that. Right. So, Oh, here's your, you're all done. Okay. Put your cup right here. You're all done mommy. And then you can put that cup there. Right. So they know they start to associate that spot with like, I'm all done. Um, and then you get, that's even easier to read their cues from there, especially one of the things too, that we want to be mindful of our six to 12 month age group is if we're offering solids too soon after having milk. So whether it's breast milk or formula, if you're, little ones consistently just like swapping that food away not really taking it in see how long they have in between some little ones need a little bit more time to digest that that milk first before getting solids others don't um others can go right from milk to to you know plowing in a, a man-sized meal my little alexa was great for that whereas aj needed that space in between milk and then offering solids so be mindful of that. If, if it's something that's consistently happening, they may genuinely not be hungry enough yet. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. The yep. other thing about yep. if, no. they're, <laughs> if they're resisting the foods when the foods have first been put on their plate or tray or wherever you're putting those foods, if they're resisting it on a consistent basis, before they've even had any to eat or whatever, you put it on and they're automatically just whisking it away with their hand. Take a look at the portion size mm -hmm. because sometimes what happens is we fill their plates with too much food and then they look at it and it becomes overwhelming for them and then they just don't want to eat it at all. So try with a few little pieces of food on their plate first. That can make a huge difference. Like uh, it can be overwhelming, right? So imagine somebody... And a nice Nona Italian grandmother, my grandmother, <laughs> that like heaping plate of food, and you were like, "Oh man, I had a coffee on the way over. I'm really not that hungry." And then you have like this whole plate of food, and how overwhelming that can be. So for little ones, it, it can be that same way, right? We don't know how hungry they are. We don't know what they're willing or they're wanting to take in. So if we overwhelm that plate, they can just be like, "Nope," and that shuts them down, and they're not even trying anything. 
Yes, I um, grew up like that with <laughs> lots of food being put onto my plate and, you know, sometimes I wouldn't want to eat it. And so it was just, you know, having less on the plate can be very effective when you find that immediately when you're putting that plate down, your child is just saying no. And having a little bit of a variety of foods on there as well. Yes. Not just, you know, they maybe they don't like peas. So peas and carrots or peas and toast or whatever else you're offering them have a couple of little pieces of each of those foods on the plate so that they can choose what they like and what they'd like to eat first overall the the biggest piece to your little one's behavior at mealtime is going to be your response and how you're engaging um, it really is one of the biggest pieces to to those meals. And and like Elisa said, some of those little ones are going to have that twinkle in their eye and that smirk as they do it. Um, and if you get caught laughing or um, start making a joke about it, like that could and can really quickly become the new game at the dinner table. Yes, this is one of the hardest pieces as well. So it's the <laughs> biggest piece and it's the hardest piece because sometimes they can really, you know, their actions can frustrate us or, or they're just, oh my funny. God, like they're hilarious. hilarious. Like, so, oh my you gosh. have to perfect like, the walking away <laughs> laughing sort of thing because sometimes you can't help yourself. Yeah. So, um, you do have to really work hard on turning your head and laughing, you know, somewhere else so that they can't see you. And then going back to address the situation when you've had that time to compose yourself so that you don't break into laughter. Because coughing, coughing's a good way to try and cover that laughter. Elisa <laughs> um, and I both have each one that are very like quick-witted and sometimes inappropriately funny um, yeah. as, as toddlers, preschoolers, school-age children can be. But yeah, if you especially those two, if you give them an inch as to letting them think that you think that they're funny, you're done. I'm done. Oh yeah. For <laughs> sure. Lester finds out that I think he's, he's a ham, like we're in trouble. <laughs> so the cues that you're looking for here is how are they reacting when you're letting mm -hmm. them know not to throw the food on the floor, yes. right? All that food stays on your tray. If they're looking at you and just smirking with that twinkle in their eye and they're just immediately placing it back or throwing it back on the floor then you know okay they're testing me right now yes. they're thriving off of this reaction that I am giving them so less engagement is more when this is the challenge that you're facing and this is going to be the challenge a lot of the times <laughs> that you're just going to have to tone down your engagement and simply just pick it up off the floor put it onto the table or the counter away from them. And you don't need to say anything more at that point. Yeah. You just wait a couple of minutes and see how they're reacting and then go from there. But if you have a child that you say at one time, like, Oh no, thank you. We're not going to throw that on the floor or, Oh, your food stays on your tray. Then, and they actually look at you and they look like they might be processing what you're saying and they're not smirking. They're not smiling. They're not, you know, doing all that stuff then you know that perhaps you could just remind them a little bit more frequently that we don't throw our food on the floor and that's exactly it aj was a, a gentle reminder hey buddy here's your plate remember our food stays on the tray and it was like here or there whereas oscar needed that reminder 
every meal oh, um, yeah. for, for times and still does at times now. Um, so, so that's that difference, right? AJ's a, a, a one little reminder here or there and others need more of that consistent reminding. And that's like a, that's like setting that expectation as you're serving them. Okay. Remember we use our spoon. If they're using their utensils yet, our food stays on the tray right? If we don't want it, we say, oh, done. Right? So we're giving them the, the, that, that, we're starting with that little bit of language, but we're setting those expectations as you're serving them. We always want to, that's my goal every time, anywhere, anywhere we go, anytime we're doing anything, we're setting those expectations. This is what I'm expecting. So you are not to throw our food, right? Our food stays on the tray, no throwing, no thank you, right? So when you're kind of giving that as you're setting that tray down. Yes, exactly. And that's for younger ones. As they get a little bit older, for for children like my Dre, who you tell them the expectation and then they do it on purpose just to yeah. see what type of reaction to test those limits, right? Then when he was a little bit older, I would start to tell him the expectation like a little bit before we actually had the meal. Mm-hmm. So that it was enough that he would still remember, but not directly before so that he would then, it would be fresh in his mind that, oh, she just told me that we're not going to throw our food on the floor. Okay, I'm going to throw my food on the floor now, right? So he, he definitely likes to do the opposite of what he is told. So yes. He's learning. Of, he's he he's five now. And because of the work that I have done with him and that, you know, we've been doing it, he's definitely learning. But yes, he is one of those children who is just inclined to see what you know, you can tell him that his foot is going to get cold yep. if he puts it through the ice when his dad made a little bit of a hole on the lake or something to see how, how um, to test what the ice was like. But he is not going to learn until he puts his, hole, his foot through that hole and sees how cold that ice water is, right? Exactly. And that's how, that's the individuality of how our children learn. And then how we need to change that parenting, right? So yeah. I can hand AJ the tray and say, remember to keep your food on your tray or in your bowl. Whereas with Dre, you need to give that separation in time so that it's not, a, oh, you just told me not to do that. I'm going to do it right now. So, yeah. and that's that we, we have to parent based on their temperament. So, so you're going to be able to use these tools and techniques and, and all of the stuff that we've spoken about and it's throughout the whole podcast, but it modifying it to your individual child so that it, it fits their personality. The big piece though, is those expectations. What, what is expected? How can we help them through? And then that response that we're giving them. Exactly. And it is absolutely expected that they will throw their food on the floor. Yes. (laughs) It's how we move forward with that, that will dictate how long that phase lasts for, right? And you don't want to give it a lot of attention. It just needs to be something very simple, like just removing the food from their reach for a Mm -hmm. little bit and, and giving them that opportunity to Oh, okay. That's what happened. Well, that wasn't very fun. So I'm not going to really do that anymore. Right. Yes. And you know, like these are just, like I said, those general kind of tips. If you feel like you've tried those, but you're still struggling with mealtimes, uh, wrestleparenting.com, we can help. That's, that's definitely part of our parenting stuff that we can help with. Figure out what your child is doing, get those specific strategies that you're going to be able to implement and get you through that as quickly as possible. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you for the next podcast. 
Bye. Bye.